do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuberless. This show is like a journal where I talk about all the things my brain has consumed so they don't just sit up there and slowly drive me insane. You may not have consumed some of the same media yourself, so I feel I should warn of that possibility. And that's what I've just done when you think about it. Last, but least, in an idea stolen from John Gabris, I offer to you the following deal. Rate the podcast, this one, five stars in uh, iTunes, and I will read just about anything you put in the review. Easy peasy, Socrateasy. Last? Well, that was last. What I'm going to do now? Oh, boy. You'd think I would have this down a bit better, wouldn't you? But no. As I have said innumerable times over these 400 plus, who knows how many episodes, 400 and quite a bit, I don't know what I'm doing. And I am not a professional by any means. Even in my own job, really. I don't know what I'm doing. I just wing it and things tend to work out. So... If I push this button, it'll start a podcast, I assume, because I'm winging it. Let's see. Fingers crossed. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Uh, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is gasoline. Gasoline. All right, uh, guts. Uh, if you are following along, which maybe one of you crazy, crazy people listening to this podcast, uh, among the millions of podcasts out there, if you're following along and listen to the last episode, you will know that I am along with the missus, watching every single Fast and Furious movie, one through eight, I guess it would be. Uh, so started with, as you do, number one last week, which of course means today we're talking Too Fast, Too Furious. That has the number two twice in the title, and it's the second movie. Genius. Genius. Uh, I predicted with the missus that... Uh, I forget what I gave the first movie. I think I gave it like a two or a two and a half. I didn't really care for it. Uh, this one I liked more. Uh, I'll just give my rating right off the bat of uh, 3.5. Yeah, there's definite some improvement. Uh, it's not, and, and, and this goes for a lot of movies. I would say action movies, maybe even in particular. Don't take yourself so seriously. 
This one still does a little bit, but uh, tongue moving towards cheek, let's say. Uh, the missus gave the first one. I don't know if I said this. Uh, she gave it a five. It's like one of her favorite movies of all time. And she gave this one a 3.5. So uh, we met sort of right in the middle. My prediction uh, going forward is my ratings will go up and hers will go down. So we will see how that turns. Uh, also, and I don't want to say 100% uh, it will happen, but the plan is uh, once we have watched all of them, uh, I'll do a special episode with the missus. Uh, I am not the type to make her, or anyone for that matter, do something they don't want. So uh, if we reach a point where she's not liking the movies, I'm not going to say you have to go on. So take what I'm saying now with a grain of salt. Uh, movie the second I don't feel at home in this world anymore it's a very strange title um, this is a Netflix created dark comedy I believe I would classify it um, I think I've been seeing it oh no it came out in 2017 yeah in February okay yeah I, I feel like I've been seeing it for quite a while now it's got uh, what's his nuts on the cover uh, but Oh, come on. Why isn't this in an order where he's first billed? Elijah Wood. <laughs> Duh. Bad with names. Uh, Elijah Wood, who I've met <laughs> and got his autograph and yet just forgot his name. Uh, he's like on the on the cover poster on Netflix. Uh, let me read the IMDA. Maybe that'll give us a hint. Uh, when a depressed woman is burglarized. Burglarized. Bur bur let me try this for real here burglarized burglarized that's a it's okay burglarized i am not joking when i am legitimately trying to say this word and feel like i'm an idiot burglarized why does that sound weird anyways uh she finds a new sense of purpose by tracking down the thieves alongside her obnoxious neighbor elijah wood uh but they soon find themselves dangerously out of their depth against a pack of degenerate criminals uh the uh, woman in question played by melanie linsky who I, I would imagine you would probably recognize uh she does an amazing job uh, elijah does an amazing job uh some of the degenerates great all around uh this movie really surprised me i went in with really no expectations um but time and time again when i watch a dark comedy they always end up being among my favorites i think it's got to be my favorite genre is the dark comedy uh so for that reason I, I think i'm going like five out of five yeah i really really like this one and highly recommend moving on to uh a saudi arabia uncovered uh this was a was a pbs you know it's kind of strange i couldn't find it on imdb i think it was a pbs documentary also on netflix uh about saudi arabia um if you don't know anything of saudi arabia which is kind of how i went into this like i knew a little bit um but it's always important to expand your knowledge base i find so uh this this will be very interesting some of the things that it would you say uncovered like uh, you can assume a country in the middle east is going to have differences than say where i am in canada but those differences are just so pronounced that 
uh, and so negative to people living within the culture, specifically, I guess you would say women, um, that it's just shocking that this happens in this seemingly, from my Canadian perspective, recording a podcast in my home, sheltered physically and uh, in many ways sheltered. Uh, it just boggles your mind and is incredibly sad and depressing, but I think you should expose yourself to these sorts of things so you uh, try to burst that bubble that you can become in and get angry at stuff like this. What can I do, though? Um, like, that's, that's, like, that's like a genuine... That's not a rhetorical question. Literally, what could I do to help women in Saudi Arabia? like literally i am asking that question this is not uh, what do i do what do i do i i, I don't know ah <sighs> well i really took a dark turn there let's move into a lighter movie i guess victor frankenstein <laughs> dark in the sense that it's you know frankenstein monsters uh this stars uh daniel radcliffe and uh what the hell is the yeah, what's with IMDb and not having uh, James McAvoy as Victor, as the titular <laughs> Victor Frankenstein? Uh, yeah, when did this come out? 2015. Uh, I think I remember seeing it and kind of just thinking, eh, that's probably dumb. And it is, but it was also entertaining. Uh, you could be a dumb uh, movie about Frankenstein. <laughs> Uh, in 2015 that I watched in 2017 and, and still be entertaining. No one says you can't. Uh, so, oh, Saudi Arabia, I, I didn't rate. Jeez, uh, how do you rate something like that? Okay, well, you know what? I forgot to rate it, and let's stick with that forgetfulness. Uh, Victor Frankenstein rating... Jeez, uh, I think I'd go b above a three. Yeah, Above a three is the rating. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, three is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, yeah, I, I think enjoyed while watching and in the right mood, I might watch it again. So that's closer to a four. Uh, last but not least, Steak Revolution or Re-Evolution. Hmm. Uh, this is another one. It's uh, been on Netflix for years and I've always saw... I came out in 2014. A gourmet road trip looking for the best steak in the world. Breeders, farmers, butchers, cooks, historians, and businessmen all around the world searching, uh, showing their wares. Uh, fascinating. You know, it's uh, sort of interesting. Like, I like with the Saudi Arabia... Saudi Arabia... Saudi Arabia documentary like to expose myself to both sides of issues. Uh, for example, I've watched probably quite a few things about like uh, vegetarianism, veganism, uh, that sort of eating. So I guess this would be from the other side, the side that I am currently on as I eat meat. Um, just to see, you know, both sides of the story. And I gotta say, uh, after watching vegetarian ones and vegan ones and things of that nature, uh, it didn't sort of sway me uh, from not eating meat. Uh, but this made me consider eating different types of meats that, uh, or, or, or looking at how I eat uh, a steak differently. So, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, so I'm going to push a button. 
Steak revolution, like four to five is good. Today's television talk sponsor is Sports. Alright, uh, we're talking uh, the television program Garfunkel and Oates. Yes, that show also on uh, Netflix. Uh, there is eight episodes. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty short run. Uh, I think, and I could be wrong, I heard of at least the possibility that they make more. And I gotta say, after watching these eight episodes... I really hope they do, because this show is really, 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 uh, the, the, the very rarely heard three really good. Uh, easy for me to give uh, the series as a whole a five out of five. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the comedy singing duo Garfunkel and Oates, for shame, have you been under a comedy rock? Um... Similar, obviously you're going to probably be able to make some comparisons between this show and Flight of the Concords. Uh, Flight of the Concords, did I probably review it on this podcast a long, long time ago? Maybe. Uh, it was about uh, two guys who make funny songs and sing them, and then we watch what happens in their life around that sort of life you live if your job is making and singing funny songs uh this exactly the same is that wrong that it's the exact same thing but from a woman's perspective no in fact i think we need both uh because they are not afraid to get uh down and you know what a dirty uh i i think particularly if you are a woman uh, this show is going to hit comedy buttons that you don't get to see as often as uh, we should. For example, uh, I'm just looking at some of the episodes. Uh, that one was interesting, Hair Swap. So uh, if you're unfamiliar with uh, Ricky Lindholm and Kate Micucci, they are the, uh, they play the titular. <laughs> Uh, Garfunkel and Oates, uh, one is a brunette, one is a blonde. Uh, they decided for a day or so, or whatever the episode, uh, to switch hair colors with like wigs uh, to see how people treated them differently. And despite it being a comedy program uh, and not a scientific test, uh, what happens in that episode, you can clearly see that there is truth sort of shining through the comedy, which uh, is sad uh, <laughs> that women, just because of hair color, are treated differently. Uh, a further sort of uh, almost experiment that they try is uh, in an episode called Speechless, where they figure that uh, one of the best ways, I don't really know how it came about, but they decide that to get a man um to 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 yeah to go out with a man and have the man really appreciate you the most uh is to not talk <laughs> so they literally go to just extreme crazy lengths and 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 not talk for like five dates at a time i think it was something like that and the men don't even notice i i i hope 
like again exaggerated for comedy but i hope that were i to uh be in that situation i would notice much quicker than many dates that the the girl i was on dates with was not saying anything yeah yeah okay so that's got to be exaggerated right uh, there's one where, uh, there's sort of younger versions, younger, sexier porn versions. Not that they're not sexy themselves. Uh, not that that has anything to do with anything. Jeez, men, am I right? Uh, and they're sort of confronted with that. Uh, there's the possibility of, uh, not having children and what that means. Uh, as a man married to someone who together have decided not to have children, that one sort of hit home. And uh, I have seen my wife experience some of the things that they experience in this uh, episode, maybe to a lesser degree. But still, uh, sometimes women are looked down upon just for not having kids. And that is ridiculous. So comedy, cool things, Garfunkel and Oates, check her out. The Ifrit Ikea Table. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, this, like the uh, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, if you are one of those weirdos who I really want to know about, uh, who are following along, you will know that we are moving on to book number three of the Korean Chronicles. It is titled Scepters. Scepters, plural. Uh, okay, so let's start off with the first thing right off the bat. Um, why didn't someone let me know that this, what I thought was uh, eight book series, is really like a trilogy, and then I guess, well, I didn't go on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't actually an eight book series. It's rather eight books that take place in the same world, a trilogy followed by, I don't know, something else that I started to read. Uh, what I thought was going to be book four of this series. Um, even despite this one having a, a pretty cut and dry ending, I thought they were going to find a way for it to continue on because there was still things they could have done that I thought of even just as a novice, not writer. Uh, so I was a little disappointed with that, uh, but that should not reflect on this book and it won't because I'm still going to give it a five out of five. Yes. Uh, this series as a whole, uh, the trilogy, the first three books of the Korean Chronicles, I should say, uh, definite five out of five. I goddamn love these, uh, uh, Al, as I called him or Alucius. Uh, as he is actually called in this books was a, a great character, sort of stoic, um, not a silent, uh, silent protagonist by any means, but, but a little bit verging on that. We were seeing and feeling events through his eyes and yet, uh, he was never very talkative. Uh, he, he, he was almost a reluctant hero. Uh, not almost, he was a reluctant hero. So, uh, so, so I like that about him. Okay. So, uh, I wrote down that this book has sort of four main parts that, uh, that good old Al has to do. Uh, because of his his powers, his quote unquote talent, as they call it in this, his what you could uh, suppose describe as magic, but mm, they they're a little more subtle than just saying he's magic. 
Um, he's uh, sort of tasked with four different things. The first is to quell a revolt. Oh, so uh, he's sort of in a league with uh, what's his the Lord Protector. And the Lord Protector's having a little trouble in this area and says, can you go and uh, stop these people from revolting? Because uh, if they're revolting, then the possibility of others seeing that uh, I'm just going to let this happen mean it could start to spread. And we cannot let that happen. So good old Al heads down there and uh, thinks it's not going to be easy but also doesn't think it's going to be as hard as it ends up being because uh, the people, uh, the townsfolk, or not townsfolk, city folk, uh, let's just say the folk in this region are sort of possessed by this, again, I'll just use the word magic, although that's not accurate to this lore. Um, they're possessed in such a way that normally if you're fighting a battle and one side is like getting heavy losses, um, maybe they'll run away. Whereas here, every time they were in a battle, uh, the people they were fighting, no matter what, would fight to the death, which, as you can understand, makes fighting them friggin' difficult. You may be, uh, and he was, a better soldier, better tactician, but when those coming against you refu refuse to give up, no matter what, uh, it's going to be a little tricky. Yet, he did it because he's Al and Al can do anything. Uh, next, he's got to destroy the spear throwers. Yeah, okay. So he quells the revolt. And then he's got to go to this other area of this uh, sort of giant map where this story takes place and stop uh, these two machines that can shoot out giant crystal spears. Uh, all you have to do is pour sand in one end and then. Uh, like I was uh, for some reason I was picturing them as pink and maybe they described them as pink huh. uh, would, uh, they would like hundreds of them would shoot out the front of this gun and just like decimate your 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 men in, in a battle so uh, he was one of the few who had come across this before and managed to destroy one so they call him in again of course and does he do it yes once again using his talent magic uh to to do that so once again the lord protector having him uh sort of in his debt uh next is return to iron valleys and sort out the northern guard okay so that was getting kind of a happy uh, happy-ish ending brewing uh he was from the iron valleys al and uh, he, all he desired was to return home to his wife and his soon-to-be-born... Was it a daughter or a son? I think it was a daughter. Uh, anyways, uh, that was his one desire. So if he could return there uh, and then sort of be in charge of the army in that region, hey, pretty good life. You know, could be worse. Uh, unfortunately, the person who was in charge before him had really fucked things up uh, to such a degree that... Uh, the fourth thing he had to do, uh, and how did I travel to the realm of the Ifrit, severing all ties of evil and saving the realm from slow death? That's all. Uh, yeah, so that was like the fourth part. Uh, they did something cool in this. Uh, the slow, and it was very, very slow from the beginning of book one to the end of book three, they never really. 
uh, in like great leaps uh, focused on this magic, what they called talent in these books. It was a slow build till the very end uh, when he's sort of like teleporting all around. He's uh, traveling to distant realms and like destroying people with his mind and it gets fucking crazy and cool and I love it and hope you read these books yourself. Please and thank you. Five out of five. Scepters. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Robo Ready Corp. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, continuing on with Oculus VR stuff. Yeah, uh, I have still, oh, you know what? I should, uh, I was going to say, I still have not paid for anything. I'm still working through free stuff, but no, uh, I, I did get Batman VR. Uh, I'm hopefully, maybe I'll dust it off this weekend or maybe I should like save it for a rainy day. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm like really hyped to play it. But there's that temptation just to let it set for a while because, you know, wait until you have a, a day where you really need to be Batman. Uh, anyways, uh, also I want to finish this next game we're talking about, which I haven't yet. Robo Recall. Okay, so uh, I was explaining this to uh, one of my buddies uh, last weekend at a barbecue. So let me see if I can do it here. Picture a game. Uh, VR game, virtual reality, where you're, uh, and this is just how it starts, which was really cool and sort of like blew my mind a little bit. Uh, you're standing in the street, uh, maybe you're walking by a display of televisions in a store, like an audiovisual store. Uh, you see on the screens in the store uh, that they're starting to uh, talk uh, on a news report about how the uh, robots uh, in your area are potentially having malfunctions. So this obviously takes place uh, in the future, I should perhaps specify, where we have like robot butlers. Uh, you could say to your robot, hey robot, go get my groceries, that sort of thing. Your typical robot uh, AI society help. You know, that old chestnut. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so uh, as you're watching this report, uh, robots who are, I guess, out on errands for their owners uh, stop to watch it with you. Uh, until eventually, as the report is progressing, you notice that uh, you are surrounded in a sea of maybe a dozen or so of these robots. Uh, so, like, you're in virtual reality as i said <laughs> so if you look behind you there's like a robot there you look to your side maybe there's a couple there they're, they're not like malicious they're they're just sort of standing around as if people in a crowd are watching a, a television report of something interesting on the news uh then the news reporter says something like oh my it seems that this virus is spreading anyone with us within this area please please be warned and then you're sort of looking around at the robots and they're and they're at, the robots are actually talking to one another just in sort of like a, a jovial nice little fashion saying oh my this is this is quite quite bad uh and then you could see this what can only be described as this like electric uh, uh jumping from one to another uh, what i guess we can assume is the virus uh infect each and every one of them around you 
Uh, so you're like looking at this and then suddenly you're surrounded by these robots who are like freaking out. Uh, their eyes are glowing red. Uh, they all look at you and then jump towards you and then uh, the screen turns to black because presumably you're dead. That's how the game starts. That's the first like one minute of the game. Uh, so that just blew my mind. Uh, from that point on, we jump into another person that you're going to be playing for the rest of the game. Uh, I don't know if you're a human or not. You never really see yourself. You can see your hands, and it's either gloves. It's probably gloves. Uh, you're playing someone who works for this robot corporation who has to go out in this world, uh, in this futuristic city, and uh, bring back... Uh, or destroy uh, robots that have been sort of got driven nuts by this virus. And then that's the game from that point on. Uh, some cool mechanics is uh, you'll reach down to your hips and then push a button because that will grab the guns that are at your hips, and then you'll shoot with those guns. Or uh, as you get different guns, like I'll have shotguns that are on my back, I will literally, in real life with my real hand, reach towards my back, push a button which will then grab a shotgun that is there in VR uh, and then bring it forward and shoot bad guys. It, it's fucking crazy, man. It's uh, something you really have to experience for yourself. Uh, I've only done, uh, and I don't know why, because like I, I, I love being in there. Maybe it's like too intense or something, but I've only done like one mission at a time. Like I'll do one mission and then I'll come out and I'll be like, oh, Jesus, fuck. Uh, and then I'll like stop playing. <laughs> it's almost like, and I haven't caught consciously done this where I like felt like I've needed a break. Uh, it, it just sort of happened that way. Uh, yeah. So that's weird. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, we're out of time, but I'm going over in every segment today. Apparently, uh, I also played another game called Spermination, uh, more of a cool, I funny idea than actual gameplay. Uh, you play a sperm. Yep. <laughs> Seemingly, I guess, going through uh, the ovaries. Uh, I don't think the ovaries are quite as cavernous and uh, maze-like than the ones in the game. Uh, that one I just stopped playing because a little bit of the VR sickness coming in. Uh, not a heavy dose, but uh, I could feel it brewing, and they say when you feel it brewing, you should stop. Uh, very, very hard to control the sperm as well. Uh, I think maybe I was doing something wrong. <laughs> maybe that's why i don't have kids as well anyways uh last but not least is uh, my vr home and avatar yeah so uh, that's something when i first uh knew of vr and uh even before i got it but definitely when i got it uh i i, I thought this would be a thing and that would be sort of like setting up your uh, room and by that i mean you put on the headset uh you go in and you're in a room uh, and then from that room, you can go into different experiences and games from, from within that room. And, and I thought it would be cool to sort of uh, build and play in that room. And, and, and that room is almost a game into itself, sort of like a, in a Sims or something like that. Uh, that experience, it's not quite there yet in terms of what you can manipulate and building it yourself. Like, I think you would need to be a computer uh, engineer to build a room as good as you want it to be whereas now uh it's just rooms people have created and you can download them uh the one i have is pretty cool i will admit uh i didn't build it someone built it where it's like all different guns from different video games 
sort of lying on tables. Uh, so you can pick them up, you can uh, shoot them at uh, targets, uh, and then there's this like giant screen that shows all the games you've purchased in Steam that work in VR. So you just sort of you can point at one of those and then push a button and then you hop into the actual game. So, so pretty cool. Uh, my avatar, uh, just like a blue ball, uh, with a, a top hat. Of course, I always go top hat. Uh, it's got a little monocle and a flower because you gotta look classy in VR folks. What do you think this is? Today's internet intercourse sponsors is VSync, G-Sync, and FreeSync. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first is a podcast. Rather, it's actually two because they broke it into two parts now that I think about it. And that is the Norm MacDonald podcast with guest Sarah Silverman. Has she already come up on this podcast? What do I feel like she did? excuse me i don't know uh one of the funniest just human beings out there norm mcdonald sat across from well just one of the other funniest human beings out there sarah silverman uh so as you can imagine those two on a podcast funny things happened um that being said uh i think there's been episodes of podcasts where i have laughed harder and longer but uh, that's the thing I love of podcasts. Uh, this is not just two funny people sitting down trying to out-funny one another. That'd be great. Um, but it's two seemingly friends, or the very least friendly people, people who know one another, uh, sitting down and having a chat. And us sort of being a fly on the wall, uh, letting, letting us sort of sit in on what that would be like. Uh, so for that reason alone... I hope you check it out. Uh, okay, so uh, and Norm Macdonald, seemingly, he's, he's back at it again with regular weekly podcasts. So uh, expect, if, if, if the, there's more like this, uh, I probably won't be able to help but bring some back from time to time. I'll, I'll try to hold it, though. Uh, next is a, a cool little, I'm just going to call it a series from uh, the folks over at GameSpot, who I have spoken of here innumerable times. Uh, they've got a guy talking about PC graphic settings. Now that sounds very, very boring. And then I will admit it's a fairly boring subject. Uh, if you've ever played video games on a PC and gone into the settings as far as the graphics, uh, it, it's a lot to handle. And I will freely admit I had no idea what most of it meant. So to have uh, someone seemingly a very smart someone uh not only know about it but try to explain it in sort of layman's terms uh have some good visuals visual aids to help explain things like uh v-sync g-sync free sync oh wait those are the sponsors uh anti-aliasing tessellation refresh rates anti-cytropic filtering uh what else ambient occlusion SSAO, HBAO, VXAO. What the fuck are all these things? Motion blur, HDR, Fizz X. And that's with the letter X, not even just physics. 
God, fucking confusing as shit. Uh, it does a good job. And if you're sort of PC settings of graphics. I usually just let uh, let the computer decide what is good. Uh, that's usually an option. Uh, just say, or, or pick, now that I got a new video card, I'm usually able to pick ultra settings. Uh, still, cool, cool sort of behind the scenes things that I never really knew anything about. So again, expanding the knowledge base. Good stuff. Uh, okay, moving on to uh, PewDiePie and happiness update. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I watch a fair amount of PewDiePie, just a, a sort of fascinating individual combined with uh, occasionally very funny videos. And, and I think deep down, he's just a, a dude who likes to make content on the internet that uh, he finds amusing and hopes really deep down that others will. I mean, some of it is... is uh, maybe not funny and you could be offended by and I wouldn't find it crazy that you were offended by it but uh, I think deep down he's not a horrible Nazi <laughs> Jesus Christ anyways uh, he gave like an update and and, and uh, I'm calling it the happiness update uh, I've mentioned from time to time that I've felt like I was watching his slow descent into madness um, but that has recently turned around, uh, which is sort of fascinating just from a, a sociological point of view, I guess, a psychological point of view. Uh, and he attributes it to rather than making things for the internet that he hopes people will like, he's instead making things for the internet when he feels like making them, what he feels like making it, sort of more doing it for himself. And that's a very important thing, regardless of where it comes from. The idea that you should, uh, when possible, we can't do it 100% of the time all time all, all day every day you, you just can't well maybe some people can you, you got to go to your job you got to do things you if you probably had the choice of not doing you got to do them um but when you are able to do things how you want to do them when you want to do them what you want to do uh try to take that opportunity to do it and uh it will up your happiness as it has done so for PewDiePie uh, and it's nice just to see just to see a human being uh, who seemingly is uh, I, you could probably use the word depressed and spiraling downwards seemingly from the outside looking in anyways turn it around and then be happy you know what's wrong with that not a goddamn thing okay uh, as you heard we're out of time so we'll just uh, jam in this last one or maybe save it for next time Ah, what the hell, we'll jam it in. Uh, WASD20, uh, somehow, shockingly, uh, and I've been watching this guy for quite a while, uh, I haven't brought it back to the podcast, and I feel a deep regret for that fact, because uh, he posts uh, a lot of videos that I very much enjoy. Uh, Role-playing games and more, it says on his YouTube channel. Uh, just a dude with a beard in front of a camera, uh, talking about, for the most part, and mostly for the reason I watch them, uh, D&D-related stuff. Uh, could be making maps, uh, could be character creation, could be tips for DMs, uh, it could be reviews of D&D-related products, like dice trays or dice. Yeah, like he did a really cool dice one where it was like 
really like expensive dice just to see uh, like how they how they felt how they rolled that sort of thing uh it, it's if you have no interest in D, he does other uh uh, like board game reviews and stuff like that, but I, uh, but I primarily like him for his D and D stuff and just to sort of uh, no nonsense. This is what this is. Let's talk about it. Uh, d- does a good job of delivering D and D related content uh, on a weekly basis, and uh, that's what I do is bring it back on this podcast because. Uh, specifically the internet intercourse section of this podcast is just me talking about things I like on the internet. So there, and I get the feeling he's a nice guy and you know what we say about nice guys? Huh? Segway. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper